Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for january 12 2024 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday nights wherever you may be man long term booking it's king, man. I don't know how many times I got to tell you. Long-term booking is king. If you didn't like what I had to say on Wednesday night, man, tough shit. Who's going to give AEW the tough love, huh? I did it for how many years have I been doing this with you guys, man? How many years have I given WWE the tough love? Tony Khan doesn't deserve some tough love, man. You want me to let them... Just get away with murder over there. You want things to slide because, oh, well, J.D. is supposed to be an AEW show, man. He's supposed to be on, on TK's payroll. Fuck out of here. I'm on nobody's payroll. I'm on J.D.'s payroll, okay? We're not here to talk about AEW. I said enough. Turns on Rampage, we got no entrance for Eddie Kingston and Wheelie Yuta, and Eddie Kingston's defending his title in a fucking nothing match with no story. Great. Thanks, TK, for making the Continental title just like everything else. Useless. SmackDown tonight. Wasn't a great show by any stretch of the imagination, man. It wasn't, uh, oh my God, I gotta go watch SmackDown. But I liked a lot of what they did tonight. There were a couple of aspects of tonight's show that I really did quite enjoy. First of all, I want to start with the obvious here and the fatal four-way. Coming out of last week's show, it was Roman Reigns who basically told Paul Heyman to fix the fatal four-way. Supposed to be Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, L.A. Knight, and A.J. Styles at the Royal Rumble for the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. Clearly, that's going to remain as the championship match at the Royal Rumble. There's nothing that Paul Heyman can fix. And there's nothing that Paul Heyman can fix because what WWE has done has... They have taken Nick Aldis... And have made Nick Aldis into one hell of a general manager. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Nick Aldis is a breath of fresh air for an on-air personality, for an on-air authority figure in WWE. I think he has done and continues to do, and tonight is no exception, a fantastic job at creating drama and building tension within the character building of these men 
leading into the Royal Rumble. I thought what he did tonight and what he has done so far has been absolutely perfect. Nick Aldis is great. I certainly hope this leads to him getting involved with somebody and then having him come out from that role where he steps into the ring. I don't know where he'll fit in. I don't know what role he'll play, if he'll be a babyface or if he'll be a heel. But I have pitched several weeks ago before anybody else that does this thing. I pitched Randy Orton versus Nick Aldis for Randy Orton's WrestleMania 40 match in Philadelphia. I like the sound of that. I think that would be great. No, it's not going to be Cody and Randy. No, Cody's not going to finish his story against Randy Orton. No, Randy Orton is not beating Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Stop it, geeks. Roman Reigns is not losing the championship at the fucking Royal Rumble in a fatal four-way without taking a pinfall. Stop. The more I hear it and the more these geeks on Twitter continue to push that narrative, my intelligence sinks to, sinks to sub-levels. Stop. Thank God these people are not in the wrestling space booking a wrestling show. Awful. Nick Aldis has done a fantastic job. Laid down the law to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman basically blamed everything on Nick Aldis. And he wasn't having any of it. Wasn't having any of it at all. To a point where he made a big six-man tag team match with Roman Reigns, Sol Sokoa, and Jimmy Uso versus Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight. Yes, I know. They're all competing for the Fatal 4-Way or in the Fatal 4-Way match for the World Heavyweight Championship. So, yes, I got to get my digs in because, you know, there's a narrative going around in the IWC that I don't criticize things that Triple H does. I mean, we got the typical Vince appetizer tonight, the Vince special. Can they coexist, pal? Come on, man. They're all, I know they're all joining forces against the common good here against the bloodline, but... You know, that's a typical Vince special where he takes everybody competing in a championship match at the pay-per-view and he teams them up to see if they can coexist against the common enemy in the bloodline. Not saying Triple H is perfect, but I got to call things out when I see it. It's lame. It's lame. None of these men should want anything to do with each other because now they're all in a fatal four-way. They're all going to be going into a match where it's every man for himself for the World Heavyweight Championship. Nick Aldis, great job. We'll see what happens with him. I think he's going to have a major play in the WrestleMania that we have ahead of us. He's going to be a major player on the road to WrestleMania. The other thing that I enjoyed tonight was a segment with Tyler Bate. If you guys don't know who Tyler Bate is, you're going to know who Tyler Bate is pretty soon. Very quickly. An NXT UK staple. An NXT alum, Tyler Bate, bringing you that British strong style. He sat down as he had a cardamom oat milk latte. That sounds disgusting. I'm not a big fan of cardamom, okay? Oat milk, love oat milk. But we got to fix his taste in coffee, okay? He sat down to have coffee with Pete Dunne in what I thought was a great segment. 
Very similar to what we saw on Monday Night Raw with the ladies with Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. These backstage, kind of real-life scenario vignettes, segments. They were somewhere, a coffee shop or what looked to be catering maybe, who knows. And they were sitting down and Tyler Bate basically asked Pete Dunne, Butch, you know, we got to break you out. We got we to figure out who you are again. And they're finally taking this story to where it needs to be. And Tyler Bate is going to be responsible for bringing back Pete Dunne. He's going to be responsible for bringing back the bruiserweight Pete Dunne. No more butch. No more of the stupid antics. No more dressing like a paper boy. Another thing that Vince McMahon loved to push. Another Vince McMahon narrative. Gone. Goodbye. Let me at him. Let me at him, Scoob. Reggie. No more of that. That joke is going away, man. Got to get my... uh, my scrappy do jokes in because it's going to be no more. It's going to be deleted. But I love it. Finally, Triple H was probably fucking foaming at the mouth when he took over creative 100%. He probably told his team, listen, I, I don't know what the fuck my father-in-law did, man. One of the things we got to do on this fucking show is get this guy with his name back and give him his fucking moniker back, his nickname, his identity. What the fuck is a butch? What is a Butch? Nobody with the name Butch is going to be in the marquee on a WWE show. Love it. So they're bringing that back, and I'm very excited about what beholds Pete Dunne in 2024, man. Good stuff. Santos Escobar continued his feud with Carlito tonight. The LWO and Legado del Fantasma are off and running we got a new name for Karrion Cross and the Authors of Pain. We'll go over that. And then Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes. They tease Carmelo Hayes being in the Royal Rumble. I just saw that he tweeted that he is all right. I hope it's the same for Austin Theory and it's no more than just a mild concussion because what happened to Austin Theory tonight looked fucking terrible on the replay. A miscue on a springboard Spanish fly. And he came down right on the back of his neck. So hopefully he is all right. And uh, we will get an update on Austin Theory very soon. As I have big things in store for him as well. So we'll go over that and everything else tonight on the SmackDown post right here on OTS. I want to thank you guys so very much for joining me here on the show. Again, not the best SmackDown You know, the show flowed nicely. It was a quick two hours. But I think at this point, with two weeks left until the Royal Rumble, we're not going to get any blowaway shows. We're not going to get any major angles taking place. As soon as the Royal Rumble hits, and we get to the Rumble, that's all that people are waiting for. And then after the Rumble, we're going to pick it up because we got the Chamber, and that's going to be a major show, and then WrestleMania... The rumbles where things kick off. Right now we're in uh, we're in cruise control. Not that the shows are bad. There's still angles and stories being told and slowly drawn out. But the rumble is where things are going to really take shape. So two weeks and we'll be in Tampa. 
Thank you guys for all of the support this week, man. Tremendous week. I've been on the grind lately, man. I've been uploading every day for the month of January, and we're not stopping. We're live tonight. There'll be an extra in your sub boxes tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to have a discussion about the rumor that Dave Meltzer started about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns not advertised for the Elimination Chamber, and the rumor is he won't be at the Elimination Chamber, and Rock and Roman will not be taking place at at, uh, Elimination Chamber, but instead... Obviously, everybody's pushing for it to happen at WrestleMania. So that's going to be the extra tomorrow. Thumbnails all ready to go. I just got to sit down and record the video. And we'll go over that as well as many in AEW are embarrassed by Tony Khan's comments made online this week in regards to Jinder Mahal getting a world championship match against Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw. And I've already said my piece on that. That dynamite review was therapeutic. I hope people were listening. I hope people that they know. I hope these people know that they have a true fan in me, and that I'm very concerned about the fucking direction of the company. It's it's not good right now. It's not. Company's ice fucking cold. Yet I got people telling me. I got people telling me. Oh, but there is story. Samoa Joe and Swerve and Hangman. And then we got Edge or Copeland and Christian Cage. That's fine. I mean, that's been an ongoing thing. I'm enjoying that. And Tony Storm. I mean, this is what they're hanging their fucking hat on right now. Tony Storm and Mariah May. I'm like, I need more than that, bro. I mean, there's how many fucking people employed and you got two hours, one hour, and two hours. You got five hours of television and and nothing's being told here. FTR and House of Black. I mean, sure. I watch. I don't cover because nobody gives a fuck. AEW needs a whole reset. They do. So Wednesday was great, man. That review did monster numbers. I mean, we we were like... I mean, we're at 32,000, 33,000 views on that video alone. There was nobody even close to us. I, I mean, I think the next, the next closest is like 13,000 views. The show sucked. The show sucked. I don't give a fuck who they're tributing or what homecoming, where they're coming home to. The show was terrible. Maybe next time don't allow a fucking nine-year-old child to book two matches on the fucking show when you're in the middle of building towards a major pay-per-view that you're already sold out for. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. 
sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, there's no cooking, or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script50 and use code script50 to get 50% off. That's code script50 at factormeals.com slash script50 to get 50% off. Anyway. Getting ahead of myself again, man. I can't wait for the, for the geeks online to clip the show now. Follow me on social media. Speaking of that, at JD from NY206, X, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys go and check out the socials. Haven't been plugging them, but I got to shout out my guy, Dr. Evil Genius, and his ladies. They all ordered. OTS hoodies. If you guys don't realize or don't know, we got new hoodies on bonfire.com. Go and pick yours up today, a variety of colors. It's getting cold out there, man. Or maybe in some parts of the fucking world on the East Coast, maybe it's just simply hoodie weather, man. It's going to be 60 degrees this weekend. Make sure you guys go get your hoodies, man. They look, I seen them for the first time today. They feel fucking great, man. They look great. They feel great. Go and check all that stuff out. Really appreciate it if you guys support by buying yourself a fucking hoodie. And when we show up to WrestleMania, wear yourself an OTS hoodie. I got to get myself one so I can replace this, man. I'll shill myself instead of shilling a company that refuses to change. Super chats are open. Get them on in. The more you super chat, the longer I stay. Or maybe you don't want me here. I don't know. Depending on who you're talking to. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There's plenty of it. More coming tomorrow, like I just mentioned. Hit that thumbs up. Thousand likes is the minimum. And tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Mind. How do I stay so focused, man? How do I rant on AEW and just fucking shoot daggers without hesitation? Magic Mind? Well, you didn't think I took Magic Mind before that epic rant on Wednesday? You gotta be fucking kidding, man. Of course I took Magic Mind. I took two Magic Minds. Click the link pinned at the top of the live stream chat. There is a special deal going on right now for all of January if you sign up for a subscription of three months, you're going to get one month free. That's a good fu- That's a good fucking deal, man. Holy shit. Use that code JDNY. Magicmind.com slash J-A-N. J-D from N-Y. Love it. Love me some Magic Mind, bro.
We don't want L.A. Knight. We want J.D. How about J.D. Knight or N.Y. Knight? Yeah. Now, then, then that, that'll be gimmick infringement. And we don't want that. We don't want to be sued by uh, L.A. Knight. SmackDown. They opened with Grayson Waller's entrance. We were going to get Grayson Waller versus Cameron Grimes. And what's going on with Cameron Grimes, man? They got nothing for him. They got nothing for him. You know, Cameron Grimes is a very vocal Baltimore Ravens fan. Maybe somebody in the company does not like the Baltimore Ravens, thus takes him off television. I don't know. Why is Cameron Grimes getting the short end of the stick, man? I don't know. So we went to Corey Graves and uh, Kevin Patrick at ringside, who is reportedly on a short leash. Good. Get him out. The more I hear Kevin Patrick, the more I have become much better at tuning his voice out. Awful. Absolutely awful. So they showed the end of the AJ Orton and LA Knight triple threat match last week with the bloodline interfering and then After the show, a clip aired. Paul Heyman informed Roman Reigns that it's a fatal four-way. Roman Reigns told Paul Heyman to fix it. So that was the story coming out of last week's show, coming into this week's show. So they cut to Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso all of a sudden attacking Cameron Grimes in the aisleway as he was on his way to face Grayson Waller in the opening match. And then Waller and Theory were out there. They're in the ring. They're waiting for Cameron Grimes to make his ring entrance. The bloodline then makes their way towards the ring. Grayson Waller and Austin Theory get out of harm's way. So basically, the bloodline is sabotaging the open of the show to prove a point to Nick Aldis, who's already out there breaking up this attack to open the show. They are making a statement towards Nick Aldis and basically doing what they want to do after Aldis forced the fatal four-way upon Roman Reigns at the end of last week's show. Heyman, on the microphone, he told the audience that we're not the bad guys, he says about himself and the bloodline. He said, Aldis, that James Bond wannabe villain, Nick Aldis is to blame. He's the villain here. He said he put Reigns in a fatal four-way where it's practically guaranteed that Roman Reigns will lose his championship. No, there's no guarantee. It's a guarantee that Roman Reigns will win and retain the championship. He's not losing the championship. He's not. Aldis stepped into the ring, or on the ring apron, I should say, and he's listening To Paul Heyman, he then yanks the microphone away from Paul Heyman. Aldis told Heyman to disabuse himself of the notion that they were having a conversation amongst equals. He said the four-way match at the Rumble is already a done deal. Deal with it. So the bloodline have ruined two matches in two weeks, and he said it won't happen again. Aldis announced that Styles, Orton, and L.A. Knight, yeah, will face all three members of the bloodline. That's Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, and Roman Reigns. 
Heyman then shot all this a very mean look. He tried to yank the microphone away from Nick Aldis, which he was basically unsuccessful at. Aldis did not let go. Heyman told Aldis that Roman Reigns is not in Lincoln where they were tonight. And he said he knows it. Aldis said, oh, yeah, you're right. He's not here. He said Reigns once again started something he does not want to finish. So the bloodline has until the end of the show to find a third man to make this six-man tag team match happen in the main event. He said if not, then it'll be three against two, and it will be a handicap match for the bloodline. So Nick Aldis is not fucking around. Nick Aldis, he ain't playing games, and it's been a great ride to see Nick Aldis come into his own as general manager. I remember when they announced him, I believe it was back in October during the season premiere. Nobody really knew who he was. We knew who he was, but the crowd didn't really know who he was. Then Nick Aldis slowly but surely started to integrate himself into storylines and start mixing it up with the talent. And that's basically when we were all getting the reports about Triple H being knighted by Ari Emanuel and TKO wanted him to run the show and Vince McMahon was being removed. So you start seeing these changes. Nick Aldis was definitely one of the major changes to SmackDown. And what Triple H did was honestly, and this is something that he wanted to do from the beginning, and this is something that he's going to adhere to, is separate the brands. Triple H is a big, big proponent of separating the brands and keeping them as separate entities. Monday Night Raw is Monday Night Raw. SmackDown is SmackDown. There's no talent trades. If there is, something is going to be made of it, and they're going to make sense of it. He's already done that before. And general managers, we have two general managers on both shows. We got Adam Pierce on Monday night and Nick Aldis on Friday night. And they were kind of going back at it, friendly competition. He really wanted to really assert that, hey, we got two GMs now. And yeah, there's going to be some friendly competition. And it's going to be the way that we need. So hopefully they kind of embellish on that and really kind of push that narrative for 2024. So I'm liking that we got two GMs and Aldis... Adam Pierce is doing a great job on Monday Night Raw, but I think Aldis has kind of taken that GM role and kind of made it his own. He looks good on, he looks fucking great on camera. He sounds great, he's a great promo. But a lot of people were like, you know, Nick Aldis, you know, they got him, they got him in this minor role and he's worth so much more. A lot of people didn't really understand why they brought in Nick Aldis and made him a GM. Like, he's a world-class, accomplished pro wrestler. The longest NWA champion in history, current, of the modern times, I believe. A thousand plus days with big gold. Or whatever the fucking NWA title's called. But they took him as a relative unknown. And they wanted to introduce you to him in that role so that He's on TV weekly, and you get to know who he is, and you get to hear him speak, and you get to see him interact with the talent. They brought Nick Aldis in and put him on TV. Nobody's really going to know who he was. So this was a perfect role for him, and you see how well it's played out for Nick Aldis. And now when he does eventually shed the suit, 
Now you're going to know who he is. He's an established WWE character. He's going to get in the ring. He's going to show you another, another level to him, right? And we're going to be off and running. And I think he's going to have a major, major say in what happens on the road to WrestleMania. I've already pitched Nick Aldis versus Randy Orton for WrestleMania because right now Randy Orton doesn't have a WrestleMania opponent. And I don't. The 10 pounds of gold, whatever. 10 pounds of my asshole, whatever. Nobody watches NWA. I do think that Nick Aldis and Randy Orton is a legitimate prediction that could very well become a reality. And no, Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes is not going to be a WrestleMania match. That, that needs to be saved. That needs to be saved for a SummerSlam or worst case, you really dig into the long-term aspect of it and do it at next year's WrestleMania when Cody's already the champion. Why would you turn Randy Orton into a heel after he just came back from an 18-month absence? Nick Aldis is more than likely to be a heel in this. I think he's got that written all over him. They just called him a James Bond wannabe villain. He's got that look about him. He's one of the best storytellers in all of the business, Nick Aldis. A match with him and Randy Orton could be a banger if they want to go down that road. But yes, Nick Aldis has already, already paid off greatly for WWE. We got a vignette which I thought was great. More, the more vignettes we see, the better. Just to kind of reaffirm who these guys are and what their mission statement is and, you know, how they're going to be on WWE television. A vignette aired with Santos Escobar, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo that talked about family code and boasted about what they did to Rey Mysterio. This is basically what they did here. If you guys watched Santos in NXT... When he first joined and formed Legato, this is exactly what they're doing. This is basically a reset of the heel Santos Escobar with a new version of Legato backing him. They all look sharp. They all dress very slick. They got that cool factor to them. And Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio, fucking pencil it in as your WrestleMania match in Philadelphia. It's going to happen. And you know what? Santos should be given the torch from Rey Mysterio. I'm expecting that to happen, and I hope that it does happen at Mania. Paul Heyman, he walked up to Jimmy and Solo backstage with Jimmy expressing that he's worried. We're not going to find a tag team partner. Nobody likes us here. He assured Jimmy and Solo, did Heyman, that he would find them a partner because the locker room is full of people who begged to be added to the bloodline. Jimmy asked Solo if he's worried. Solo said, I'm never worried. There you go. He never worries about anything. The Solo Sokoa. Opening match was Humberto and Angel Garza. They are calling him simply Angel. I don't know why we have to ax his last name. That's another Vince thing. Can we give him his last name back? Who is Angel? Angel could be anybody. Angel could be any. Angel could be the guy at the fucking bodega that makes my breakfast sandwich. Who the fuck is Angel? Angel Garza. Humberto 
Carrillo against Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro. LWO with Zelina Vega on the outside. I was kind of disappointed here, man. We didn't get some wild fucking dive from Joaquin Wilde here. Did you guys see that dive he did on NXT where they catapulted him and he flew halfway across the fucking aisleway? We didn't see none of that tonight. But this was a decent tag team match. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. Garza landed a running knee on Cruz del Toro. We go right to commercial break. We come back from break. We got Angel and Humberto landing a pair of double-team moves. They go for a cover on Del Toro, get a two-count. Garza tags in. Del Toro got the hot tag to Joaquin Wilde. He worked over Garza. Spike DDT on Garza for a two-count. Carrillo and Garza then threw Wilde off the top rope, and that looked to be a double power bomb, I believe it was, and Carrillo comes in, and it's a nice-looking sit-out power bomb of his own for a two-count. Garza tagged back in. He super kicked Joaquin. The LWO gained control here. Corkscrew plancha. Beautiful dive by Del Toro to Carrillo on the outside. All of a sudden, as soon as that move was hit, and those both men came crashing on the outside, Carlito's music hit. And Santos, who was on commentary, he got up from commentary. We got Carlito on the big screen. He expected Carlito to come down the aisle. Carlito came from behind him, from the crowd, and he and Santos brawled into the crowd, and then we never seen them again. While this was happening, Garza quickly took advantage of this chaos, and he rolled up Joaquin Wilde with an assisted rope pin. One, two, three, and the team of Garza and Carrillo. I'm going to call them Legado del Fantasma, here wins over the LWO. So we got the LWO versus Legato continuing to take shape. Rey Mysterio should be back very, very soon. I think Mysterio will be back in the Royal Rumble. I think he'll have a say in eliminating Santos Escobar from the Royal Rumble. We'll begin their quest towards WrestleMania. So things are taking shape very nicely here between the LWO and the boys of Santos, Joaquin, and Cruz del Toro. Now, the one wild card here, the one wild card is Andrade. Andrade is coming back to the WWE. It's been very well documented that Andrade will be back in the WWE. Where does he fit in to all this? I don't know how they're going to plug him into this. I don't. But honestly, the way that I see it right now, is the way I would use Andrade on WWE TV, it's very difficult to really just plug him into the LWO because I know Zelina is there and she has a history with Andrade. I would get Zelina out of the LWO. I would. And Andrade, I would have Andrade just come in and do his own thing, honestly. I really would. Andrade... You know, Andrade should be a a rogue. He should be aligned with Zelina. And I think him and Zelina picking up the pieces where they left off because Vince broke them up. I don't know why that ever was a thing. Broke them up. I think Andrade and Zelina should be the pairing again. Get her out of the LWO and leave this fight to Legato and the LWO and Andrade do his own thing. 
Andrade should want to come in and say, fuck Santos. I'm better than Santos. And then Rey Mysterio, he should want to take everything away from Rey Mysterio as well. But I don't know. It's going to be difficult to see where they place him. And I'm banking on him debuting or returning in the Royal Rumble because that's the best place for that to happen. You're not going to do it two weeks before the Royal Rumble. You might as well just save it for the Royal Rumble. It's going to be interesting to see where they place him. Or they can send him to Raw. Yes, they could do that. They could send him to Raw, says David in the chat. Uh, They could send him to Raw. But I think with what Triple H is doing on SmackDown, you know, they've always said that they wanted a big Latino presence on Friday night. And with the Lucha Libre connection over there on Friday night, you see exactly what Triple H is doing. He might fit on SmackDown. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to be very interesting to see what creative they come up with him for. Nick Aldis. He was backstage talking to Carmelo Hayes. They were interrupted by Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. Hayes mentioned how he beat Waller a lot. And he was about to say, listen... You know, we got the Royal Rumble coming up. I'm going to shoot my shot. They were teasing before he even completed his sentence. Austin Theory and Grayson Waller came in to interrupt. He wanted to ask Nick Aldis if it was possible that he could be in the Royal Rumble, a part of the SmackDown brand. Now, he mentioned, you know, I had a great tournament, the United States Championship Tournament. Nick Aldis was like, you impressed a lot of people. He was going to put him in the Royal Rumble. Then these two clowns come in and interrupt. And then, obviously, Carmelo Hayes got upset. Hey, you know, you know, I, I've beaten you how many times now? You're a clown. You know, I'm definitely better than you. Why don't we just go out there and do it all over again? I'll show you exactly what I could do against you and beat you again. And Nick Aldis was like, you know what? That's That sounds like a great deal. Sounds like a great match. Grayson Waller was supposed to wrestle Cameron Grimes. The bloodline took that away from him. So Nick Aldis made a match between Cameron Grimes and Grayson Waller that wasn't happening and changed it to Grayson Waller versus Carmelo Hayes. Good shit. More Carmelo, the better. And you see exactly where they're going with him. He's probably going to end up on Friday night, and they'll probably end up calling him up after WrestleMania. we got to wait for everything to kind of play out with him and Trick Williams on NXT first. But I think after WrestleMania, we're due for Carmelo Hayes on Friday night. Backstage. We got the LWO walking... Backstage, and Paul Heyman walked into frame, and his first conversation, his first victim here to try and find a tag team partner for Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso was Carlito. He wanted to give Carlito a spot in the main event. Heyman, he he even had an apple in his hand, and he tried to bribe Carlito with an apple. Carlito turned him down. He took Paul Heyman's apple, and he walked away. Not going to get the job done there, wise man. You know, they, they say Paul Heyman's a wise man. He's a smart ass. Carlito said, no, but I'll take your apple. Thank you. Logan Paul. He cut a promo saying he might sue Kevin Owens because of the black eye that they focused in on. He's got a black eye. Took a black eye shot or he took a shot that gave him a black eye with the cast that Owens has been wearing due to the broken hand. Paul Heyman called, oh, Paul Heyman, Paul, uh, Logan Paul, called Kevin Owens a cheater. Paul said he's going to have a match with Owens. If he's going to have a match with Owens, Owens is going to have to do it without the cast. 
Paul Heyman, Logan Paul, they both can talk. Logan Paul's a decent promo. Looking forward to that match with Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. We got a video earlier in the day that aired live during the show, earlier in the day, quote-unquote, of Butch and Tyler Bate. They were sharing coffee. Pete Dunn takes his coffee black. And Tyler Bate, he was drinking a cardamom oat milk latte. Gonna need to work on that, bro. It's a little too fancy for me. Cardamom? Does cardamom and coffee even go good together? I, I can't imagine that even tasting remotely good at all. Maybe a vanilla oat milk latte or a, a, a pumpkin oat milk latte or uh, a gingerbread oat milk latte. That's been my go-to at Starbucks, right? No whipped cream, though. That's for the slobs. Butch said, listen, I'm, I'm happy you're here, but I can handle myself. Tyler Bates said they had fun beating up pretty deadly last week. Butch told Bates, shut up. Bates then pitched meditating with Butch. You got to calm down. Maybe we should meditate. They said everything we did in the past, they should do things separately, Butch said. I don't want to meditate. I don't want to tag with you. Maybe you're here on SmackDown now. Maybe we should just go our separate ways. We got a history. Thank you. We'll go our separate ways. Listen. I know you don't have anybody here, right? Bates says they could show the world what British strong style is all about. And Butch was like, you know, the brawling brutes are in the past. And I need, I, I need to just make 2024 different. Change. The video ended with Butch staring into the distance after Tyler Bates was telling him, we need to find out who you really are. You need to... You need to break out and show everybody who exactly I know you are. He looked into the distance and he was about to speak. And then the vignette cut. He was about to say, Bruiserweight, this looks to be the return to form of Pete Dunne. We're getting the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunne, back on WWE television. You know, Triple H was probably foaming at the mouth when he took over creative 100%. One of the first things, he looked at the, the, the list of priorities on Friday night. What do we got to do over here? Yeah, look, look, give me the, yo, Bruce, give me the list. Or he gave Bruce the list, right? Apparently, Jimmy Kimmel is on the list. You see that sign in the crowd? Jimmy Kimmel is on the list. They're all on the list. Nothing but fucking uh, P words in Hollywood. Like, I don't even want to say it because I don't want to get demonetized. Anyway, we got this happening, right? Triple H, what do we got to do on Friday night? Pete Dunn, we got to get rid of Butch. Pete Dunn, return. The bruiser weight, goodbye. Get it out. Get him out. Get Butch out. No more scrappy dude. No more reggae. No more of that, man. That joke is going right in the fucking retired bin, just like the rest of them. Pete Dunne is back. Love it. This was great. And I also loved this style of vignette, the way that this was shot. You could see WWE in 2024, now that Kevin Dunne is not there. They're doing things a little bit differently. 
And I appreciate that. They did this with Katana Chance and Caden Carter on Monday. They showed them in the club. They showed them dancing with their women's championships, women's tag team championships. I like it. It's very NXT-like. Some of the stuff that some of the stuff that they do on NXT is just very childish. It's very lowbrow. It's garbage content. But that's what mainly NXT has become. But if you do exactly what you did here, I love the lighting. I loved the way this was shot. If you could take this and do something like this semi-regularly, where it showcases these people, these men and women, and kind of makes them feel human and humanizes them a little bit, I love it. I think this is great stuff. And WWE's production needs a change. It needs a change. How many times, you know, can we sit through a backstage interview and the same old shit happening for the last 50 fucking years? This is something new. It's something different. It's something fresh. If it doesn't work, we try something new. But I like this. I thought this was great. This was shot very well. And I'd like to see a little bit more of this. Keep it adult. Keep it semi-serious. It doesn't have to be comedy. It doesn't have to be, you know, cringy. This was great stuff. And I'm very much looking forward to this next week where we start to see him slowly kind of return to form. And Tyler Bate being added to SmackDown, that's a great move as well. You guys are going to fall in love with Tyler Bate, man. He is amazing. Good stuff here. Bianca Belair. She went one-on-one with Bailey. It's amazing, man. Bianca Belair and Bailey went almost 17 minutes. That's as much time in one match than the ladies on AEW Dynamite have gotten all month. 17 minutes. It's pretty fucking great. Bianca and Bailey, they always have good chemistry. Everything they've done together in the past has been very good. And the story between Bailey and Damage Control is the reason here. It's continuing and seeds were planted. But I am I am a little worried that WWE is dragging this on a little bit too long. I'm worried. What do they say? They jumped the shark. They said the same thing about the MJF devil stuff, that they jumped the shark. Same way I feel about this damage control stuff. Now, I know they probably reeled it back in, and they were kind of on the same page for a few weeks, and now after tonight, we're planting some more seeds. That damage control doesn't really want to help Bailey at all because they don't want Bailey in damage control anymore, which is going to spark the Sasha Banks returning at the Royal Rumble rumors. But... I think they need to start wrapping this thing up. I think they need to start wrapping this shit up. Now, if it's not Sasha Banks coming back to help Bayley, it will probably end up being Naomi. Naomi and Bayley. Because Naomi is now rumored to be dropping that TNA Women's Championship to Jordan Grace tomorrow night. And Naomi may be on her way back to WWE. And they're talking about a Royal Rumble return which I would not be surprised to see. In fact, I'm expecting it in Tampa. But if we do end up getting Naomi and Sasha, then we got Naomi, Sasha, and Bailey against Damage Control. And we'll get those three ladies against 
EO and Asuka and Kyrie. Where does Dakota Kai fit in? Well, Dakota Kai right now, I think, is on TV and playing the role of interpreter or handler or manager right now. Don't know how far along in her recovery process she is. But Dakota Kai, you know, when the time is right, maybe she'll make her way back to television and become a factor in the women's division. But I could certainly see, you know, with all the news and all the speculation and all the rumor about Mercedes and where she's going to end up, you know, it's just too perfect of a situation for her to come back to WWE and her not be interested in something like that. She wants story. She wants a meaning. She wants things that are going to give her a purpose. That gives her a purpose. There's a long-term vision there. There's a long-term booking scenario there. And that takes us from January all the way into April where we get Bailey and Sasha teaming up against Asuka and Kyrie. Meanwhile, then you do EO versus Naomi. I don't know why any of those women would have a problem with that. But again, it's all based on if Sasha will be in the Royal Rumble or not. We could get to Tampa and we get through all 30 women and Sasha's not in the Royal Rumble. But there are people out there. Andrew Zarian has made a statement about it every single week for the last three weeks. I have been told that Sasha is signed to AEW. I don't have a date. I don't know when. It could be next week. It could be two weeks. It could be a revolution. We don't know. Is there going to be outrage if she goes to AEW? Yes. Are people going to be against that happening? Yes. But you, me, and everybody else, it's not our decision to make. She's going to be paid no matter what. And she's going to make a decision based on what she feels is best for her career. If she feels like going to WWE to finish up this storyline and go back home and tie up loose ends and bring back that full circle type storytelling with Naomi and Bailey against EO and Asuka and Kyrie Sane, then that's up to her to want to do that. She'd fit in there like a glove. And Triple H obviously would love to have Mercedes back. He never wanted to let Mercedes go. I've told you this time and time and time again. But if she ends up going to AEW, she will be paid. And she will use AEW as a vehicle to continue to do whatever she wants outside of pro wrestling and outside of AEW. AEW will afford her to continue taking movie roles and TV roles, and if she wants to do music and anything else, Mercedes has a huge presence on social media that, you know, she can't do half of the shit she wants to do tied down to WWE because they simply don't allow their talent to do that. If she wants to work New Japan and still work with Bushiroad, she can do that as well with AEW. She cannot do that with WWE. And she only sat down to have half of her plate of sushi. Making an analogy here. She didn't do anything. What did she do? She won the IWGP Women's Championship and then she got injured. 
I know. I listen. I want. I want Mercedes on television too. I know. I know. I miss. I miss her. I know you do as well, right? Where do you want her to go? AW. Watch your mouth. You have Twitter coming after you. Fucking ridiculous. Sean Ross Sapp said, yes, Billy. Sean Ross Sapp said Mercedes Monet is going to AEW 95%. But again, everybody knows if she goes and shows up in the Rumble, she'd fit like a glove. It's going to be up to her. But this was a very good match. This was a very good match for Bianca Bella and Bailey, but it was all about the story at the end of the match. We'll pick it up after the commercial break here. Before the commercial break, uh, Bailey was outside with the rest of damage control. This allowed Belair to take control. Belair then landed a splash on Bailey, who was on the outside. Belair, she was excited. She hit the big move. We go to commercial break. Bailey was still in control. Or Bailey had control, rather, over Belair inside the ring. Bailey was going at Belair. Belair fought out of some offense, hit a spine buster to create some separation between the two ladies. Belair fired up and landed a shoulder block. Bailey fought back, hit a running knee. Bailey then tied Belair's braid to the bottom rope. Bailey ran at Belair, but Belair wisely used the braid to trip up Bailey. And then free herself. That was a nice spot. Belair then stretched Bailey on the ring post, stretching her back out. And Bailey came back by running Belair into the ring post. Belair lifted Bailey up for a KOD and instead threw Bailey into the ring post. We go back inside the ring. Belair landed a series of shoulder blocks. Belair then hit a vertical suplex. Bailey tried to pull on Belair's braid. But Belair used it to her advantage and punched Bailey in the face. She then landed a backbreaker for a two count, did Belair. Belair went for a springboard moonsault. Bailey caught her and ran Belair into the corner. Belair bounced back, hit the moonsault, and it resulted in a near fall. Belair lifted Bailey for a KOD, but Bailey countered and went up top. Bailey landed a big elbow drop, and that I thought was the end of the match. And we got a two and a half. Bailey tried to roll up Belair for the win and use the ropes, but the referee stopped her. Belair rolled to the outside and Bailey wanted damage control to attack Belair. She faked a knee injury at this point, but the referee really wasn't having it. He turned around and he saw damage control just standing there, but they didn't really move to attack Belair. Bailey was wondering, why didn't the girls help her? Like, I thought we were a group here. I gave you the signal to help me, and they didn't do anything to help Bailey. So Bailey goes outside asking what happened, what happened, what happened. She goes back into the ring. Belair catches her with a KOD. One, two, three, and Bianca Belair beats Bailey clean on SmackDown. 17 minutes they gave these ladies. That's a lot of time. A lot of time. So they're planting the seeds there. Damage control. Will not help Bailey. You know, this is Bailey's plan. Bailey says, yeah, yeah, EO's the world champion. And Asuka and Kyrie, they're gonna win the tag team titles. I'm gonna win the Royal Rumble and I'm gonna challenge Rhea Ripley and we're gonna have all the women's gold. 
Sure. Maybe they don't think that plan is actually going to play out. Maybe they don't need Bailey to have that plan play out. Bianca Belair beats Bailey, and Bailey is wondering why damage control did not help her. So we go backstage, and Dakota Kai talked to Bailey backstage and tried to reassure her that things are fine. You got this. Kai said Bailey would have to win the Royal Rumble match on her own, which is why the faction didn't interfere in the match tonight. And Dakota also said, well, the referee was looking right at us. I don't know what you wanted us to do there. Bailey looked disappointed, and that's the way the segment ended. They just walked away from Bailey. Bailey's soon to realize that she has no friends. No friends at all. Is Bailey going to win the Royal Rumble? It's a possibility. I don't know if WWE is going to give the nod to Bailey. I don't know. I don't know. It, again, it all depends on if Sasha comes back. I don't know. Becky could win the Royal Rumble. I said Liv Morgan is a dark horse to win the Royal Rumble. Who EO gets at WrestleMania? I don't know. Could be Naomi. I don't know where we go from this. But right now, a lot is happening here, and a lot of different routes could be taken. It's going to be very interesting. And that Women's Royal Rumble has a lot going on. Probably the biggest Women's Royal Rumble match so far in company history. A lot's going to play out there, and I'm very excited to see what happens. Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, they walked to the ring without suit jackets on. They have basically confirmed Bobby Lashley on Twitter, on X, basically in his profile now. He hasn't said who they are yet, but in his Twitter profile, he says leader of the pride. So we now have a name for Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, and this faction that we've been seeing on TV for months with no name. They are now known as the Pride. I guess we'll get used to it. It's not really something that I'm latching onto. It's not something that immediately jumps out at me. I'm sure we'll get used to it, but whatever. Bobby Lashley's in the ring with his guys. He grabbed a microphone and called out Karrion Cross and the Authors of Pain. Lashley told them they wanted to settle things right there. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. The lights went out. Paul Ellering walked out. And it was very, very, I would say, Uncle Howdy-esque what we got here. He emerges through the darkness. He's got a white glove on. He points up to the big screen. And we see this video of Cross and Scarlet playing. Cross introduced Akam and Razar the authors of pain, and he revealed Paul Ellering, and he revealed the name of the faction. Cross and AOP with Scarlet and Paul Ellering will be known as the final testament. I like it. TFT, the final testament. WWE has a problem naming groups, right? It doesn't really roll off your tongue. You know, long gone are the days of the NWO and DX, right? I mean, the Four Horsemen. Now we got the Final Testament, we got the Pride, we got the Judgment Day. Everything is the. The Brawling Brutes. WWE has a problem naming a group of individuals and making it sound cool. The Final Testament. I guess we'll get used to it. 
I guess we'll get used to it. I love the thrash band from San Francisco Testament, one of my favorite bands of all time. Here we got the final testament. This also may be the final chance for Karrion Cross, And right now he's killing it. I love the makeup of this group. I love the imagery. I love the feel. I love the promos, the vignette work. Everything's spot on. We'll see what happens. Can't really go much more into detail because we really haven't seen them yet. They attacked them last week. They attacked the Pride last week. We haven't seen them in a match yet, but soon. Soon. So it looks like we got a little bit of uh, faction warfare here between the final testament and the Pride. I'm sure we'll get used to it. Kevin Owens. He cut a promo backstage and says he needs to talk to Logan Paul, not Paul Heyman, Logan Paul, next week, face-to-face on SmackDown. Kevin Owens then invited Logan Paul onto the Kevin Owens show next week. There you go. Kevin Owens show returns next week with Logan Paul as his guest. Great. Pretty deadly. They approach Paul Heyman and pitch themselves as partners for Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso later. No, thank you. Heyman said, listen, I only need one partner, so pretty deadly. Didn't really understand that only one of them can get into the match. Well, if that's the case, we are, we're a tag team here. You know what? You know, I'm sorry to bother you, Paul. We're just going to get out of here. Pretty dead. Lee, goodbye. That was never going to work, and nobody wants to see that. Got a Carmelo vignette here. Hayes made his entrance, basically describing why he is him. Austin Theory versus Carmelo Hayes. This ended in a no contest. This ended in a no contest because the referee threw up the X sign. Not good. No matter what, not good. They were having a pretty decent match up until this point, but the X scared everybody. Theory backed Hayes into a corner and started mouthing off at him. Hayes worked multiple headlocks. He hit a standing drop kick. Theory was draped on the second rope and hit Hayes with a fadeaway. And Hayes hit a fadeaway. I'm sorry. Carmelo hit the fadeaway. Duh. Hayes then slammed Theory's head on the apron which also looked nasty. Just by that, you kind of sensed where this was going. And we got a commercial break. So we come back from break. Theory landed a rolling shotgun dropkick. Theory tried to suplex Hayes, but Hayes countered with a suplex of his own. Hayes followed it up with a springboard clothesline, signature move of Carmelo, and then a faceplant for a near fall two. The two then traded pin attempts before Hayes landed a super kick. Theory ran Hayes into the corner, and Theory went for something from the second rope. It looked like he was going for a spin. Actually, he did go for the springboard Spanish fly, but I don't know what had happened. It looks like they didn't get their footing. They weren't positioned correctly, and it looks like maybe Austin Theory tried to do the move anyway, thinking and hoping that they would get the full rotation on the Spanish fly, and it did not work out. Carmelo... 
He took a nasty bump, but at least he made the full rotation. Austin Theory did not. Austin Theory came right down on his neck, and the referee immediately hit the ground. He started asking Austin Theory, are you okay? Are you okay? He then threw up the X, and the bell rang. Both guys were just laying there. The doctor came over, and they showed the replay, which looked fucking even worse because they slowed it down. Then we've seen some still images on Twitter where Theory landed right on his neck. Possible stinger, maybe. I don't know. Hopefully, it's just a minor concussion. And Austin Theory, I hope, walks away from this unscathed because that's a scary That's a scary situation. Seriously. And I know that Carmelo is all right because he said so on social media and updated everybody on his condition. But the match stopped in about nine minutes, and God forbid either one of these guys got hurt. Don't want to lose either one of these guys, especially them being so young. Theory's going to have a big year, and Carmelo is going to have a big year. The match was going good up until that spot. And again, anything can happen. You know, I've seen and you've seen Austin Theory hit that move how many times before? Shit happens. He didn't get the full rotation on it. It looked like he panicked. They were kind of rushing the move. They weren't properly planted. It's just going to happen. What are you going to do? People are going to get hurt, man. It's the business. No contest between Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes. Hoping that Austin Theory ends up all right. Next week, they ran down the card for next week. We got Isla Dawn and Alba Fire will take on Katana Chance and Caden Carter for the Women's Tag Team Championship. And then we got a contract signing for the Royal Rumble main event. That will take place, or the Royal Rumble match, I should say. I don't know if it's the main event. We don't really know yet. Roman's either going to open the show or is going to close the show. And if it closes the show, we may end up getting The Rock. So we don't know yet. But contract signing for the Fatal 4-Way. Also, the KO show with Logan Paul and Kevin Owens. Backstage, Paul Heyman was basically telling Uso and Solo, listen, I've talked to everybody on the roster. We don't got nobody There wasn't any man in the building worthy of standing alongside the bloodline, the team. So go out there. I trust you guys. It's going to be two against three. Everything's going to be all right. Jimmy Uso's worried. Solo's not worried. Solo walked off. Jimmy then said, you know what? I'm not worried either. No yeet. And he leaves. Now, if WWE wanted to do something really different, and kind of do something out of left field. Instead of doing Carmelo, they could have easily done Braun Breaker. Remember that NXT Mania Tuesday that they did? Was, wasn't, it, wasn't it Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes? Was it well, John Cena in one corner and then uh, Paul Heyman in the other? Didn't Paul Heyman come out with Braun Breaker? I would love to see Braun Breaker called up to the main roster in general. I think he's more than ready. But if Braun Breaker really needed another endorsement here, or if Paul Heyman wanted to kind of give a glimpse into who the next Paul Heyman guy is going to be, Braun Breaker teaming with the bloodline here would have been fucking fantastic and it would have taken a page off that NXT show and kind of made sense of it. I would have loved to see Braun Breaker stand alongside the bloodline as an honorary Paul Heyman guy. 
I don't know. That would have been awesome to me. But they ended up going with a handicap match. What they did instead is they played up the pre-match attack here. Randy Orton made his entrance, and Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso attacked him from behind, and they beat the shit out of him on the aisleway like they did Cameron Grimes. Solo Sokoa gave him a uh, Samoan spike right to the throat, and Randy Orton was taken out of the match. So we went from a handicap match. They knew that they had the numbers game against them. They evened the odds by taking Randy Orton out, and it was AJ Styles and LA Knight versus Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso because they took Randy Orton out in the aisleway. But again, I like my Braun Breaker idea better. That's just me. So, because of the attack, Orton went to the back, and we got a traditional tag team title match here between these four men. I'm quite liking this darker AJ Styles. I think there's no frills, no bullshit. AJ Styles is uh, doing pretty well. So, they argued, did AJ and LA Knight, who would start the match... Can they coexist, pal? Triple H taking a page right out of his father-in-law's playbook. But it is what it is, man. He ain't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So Jimmy attacked LA Knight, who clearly was forced to start the match. Referee ordered Styles out of the ring. LA Knight made a comeback here. We go to commercial break almost immediately into the match. So we come back. And we got the bloodline on offense here against AJ, who I guess made a tag into the match. LA Knight jumped off the apron as AJ Styles was going for a tag in order to get Solo and throw him into the ringside steps. Styles managed to land a Pele kick on Jimmy Uso and then looked over at LA Knight, who then encouraged him to take him on. Styles hesitated. Knight said, tag while you can. Jimmy went after Styles and then kicked Knight off the ring apron. Styles and Jimmy collided middle of the ring with a crossbody. Both guys were doubled down. Orton made his way back to the match because, of course, he did. His music hit, big pop from the crowd. Orton, a very easy night at the office, gets attacked, misses 90% of the match, He comes back in. He gives Jimmy a draping DDT. He then signaled for the RKO. Jimmy countered with a roll-up for a two. He landed a super kick, but then Orton came out of nowhere with an RKO, and that was enough for the win. Randy Orton, nice, easy night at the office. Orton, Knight, and Styles win. After the match, Knight and Styles argued over the botched tag team situation. They were like, tag me in, tag me in. Knight was, tag me in, please. Styles didn't want to tag him in. Orton got up. He was looking at them argue. He then turned and gave Solo a leaping RKO. He rolled to the floor and went after Jimmy. Styles and LA Knight joined in on the attack. Orton picked up the top of the ringside steps and threw, and Styles threw Jimmy into them. Knight threw Jimmy into the timekeeper's area, and then they cleared the announce table and powerbombed Solo Sokoa through it. They cut to Heyman, who was standing in the aisleway, on his phone, and he told Siri to call Roman Reigns. That's the way SmackDown went off the air. I guess they turned uh, 
They turned this into a handicap match without actually having it be the handicap match that we got at the beginning of the show. They kind of played it up, gave the bloodline some sort of a fighting chance. They didn't bury the bloodline completely, and they played up the fact that Orton was attacked in the beginning of the match only to come back and save the day against two tag team partners who were obviously not on the same page. So they made it work. They made it work. Was it formulaic and basic WWE? Sure. But at least they accomplished not burying the bloodline. And that's what the entire premise of this was. Don't bury the bloodline without Roman Reigns, obviously, on the show tonight. He'll be back next week on Friday Night SmackDown. Like I said, guys, it was a... I don't want to say it was a ho-hum show, but, you know, it really wasn't, oh, my God, a blow-away show. It wasn't a big, oh, my God, if you miss SmackDown, oh, my God, what am I going to do with my life? It's a very basic episode of SmackDown. They had some good parts. They had some dull parts. It wasn't really great. If I was to rate it out of 10, I'd probably give it, like, a five and a half out of 10, maybe a six. But solid show. They forwarded some storylines. We're basically in a waiting period right now. We're waiting for the Royal Rumble. That's all we're doing. But thank you guys very much for all of your support. If you enjoyed today's podcast, if you enjoyed today's live stream, let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Let me know what you guys think in the live stream chat. And please hit that thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. We got 650 likes. Can we get as close to 1,000 likes as possible right here on the Friday Night SmackDown post. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to step away for a little bit. Tonight's show is sponsored by my very good friends over at Magic Mind. Make sure you guys go and check out Magic Mind. Sign up. Three-month subscription and get one month free on me when you use my link, magicmind.com slash J-A-N. JD from NY. Use that promo code JDNY at checkout. I want to thank Magic Mind for once again sponsoring the post show right here on Off the Script. Guys, I got a confession to make. I am a huge coffee connoisseur. I am. I love coffee. I love a good cup of coffee. It's my kryptonite, actually. But I've come to realize that caffeine doesn't actually give you energy, it blocks the adenosine neuroreceptors in your brain. And the neuroreceptors that tell you that you're tired. When the receptors unblock, one to three hours later, you experience what they call caffeine crash. Now, the matcha in Magic Mind prevents the full blocking of receptors, giving you sustainable energy without a crash. I have looked for alternatives for a very long time, man. And Magic Mind fell into my lap, and it was basically love at first sight. I love this little green bottle. I drink it in the morning. I drink it before I go live to give you guys the best podcast in the entire wrestling community. I drink it before I go to the gym to give me that little extra boost I need when I'm doing my workouts. This little green bottle has helped me fix and improve in several areas of my life. No more procrastination. I'm more focused. I get more done during the day without that midday nap or that midday crashing. No more anxiety. I cut back on the coffee, now back down to normal levels. These are the benefits that I've noticed by using Magic Mind for almost a month, and clearly you see that I love it. Half of this box, this is my second box, is already gone. Now, if you guys are going through the same thing that I'm going through, I would absolutely recommend to you 
that you try Magic Mind. And only this January, Magic Mind is going to help you gear up to crush your 2024 New Year's resolutions by being fully focused. Listen to this. You can get one month for free when subscribing for three months on their website. That's right. Get one month for free at magicmind.com slash J-A-N-J-D from N-Y. Once again, that's magicmind.com slash Jan J-D from N-Y. And use my promo code JDNY. It's an extra 20% off, which gets you 75% off. This only lasts until the end of January, so hurry up before it all goes away. And I want to thank Magic Mind for once again supporting the podcast right here on Off The Scripts. Thank you guys for supporting me and supporting all my sponsors right here on Off The Script. Tonight, we're sponsored by Magic Mind. Go and try it. I love it. Been having it for the last three months or so, man. Excellent. Let's get these Super Chats out of the way, man. You guys want to get your Super Chats in. You guys can certainly still get them on in. Michael Krause with a $2 Super Chat. Good Friday, JD. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you, Michael. Bradley Xavier with a $2 Super Chat. Rumble surprises. Rey Mysterio, Andrade, Sean Spears, and Sheamus. Yes, I agree with all four, Bradley. Good call on that. Main event 81 with 14 months in the venue. Main event, what are you drinking, man, for 14 months? No one in the IWC does it better. Then you in pro wrestling. OTS for life. Thank you, main event. Michelle with a $2 super chat. What about JR coming back when his contract is up? No. JR is old. Route the well with a $5 super chat. I'm fantasy booking. What if Punk wins the Rumble match and picks Roman at WrestleMania? Forcing Rock to the chamber. Because fuck the Rock for stealing Punk's main event. Uh, Rat the Well, get out of your feelings, bro. Roman is not wrestling Punk at WrestleMania. Tony Brown with a 499. JD. Smother Booty Meat versus Booty Meat match. I'm assuming you're talking about Bianca and Bailey. Tony Brown. Yes. Yes, SmackDown had grade A meat tonight, brother. Nick Williams with a $5 super chat. Just stopping by before I work. Triple H is cooking something, and I want it medium well. I have this bad feeling. I hope I'm wrong about Rock Roman WrestleMania 40. Uh, I will be going over that tomorrow in the upload that I got planned for you guys tomorrow afternoon. Thank you, Nick. Corey Williams with 17 months. Long-term booking, says Corey Williams. Absolutely, brother. Long-term booking is king. Cody Snyder with a $5 super chat. If Mercedes goes to AEW, at least they'll have a boss. Yeah. She'll be more of a boss than Tony Khan is, I'll tell you that. Skinner. For the 199, Theory and Mello suffered face contusions per WWE. Is that all? I hope that's the extent of it. 
Jason Barker says the same thing with a $5 super job. Both Mello and Hayes, or Mello and Hayes. Same guy. Both Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory suffered face contusions. Hopefully that's minor, and they'll both be in the Royal Rumble. Dom Wapo with a 499. What a year 2024 is going to be for wrestling. Excited for this year and to be going on the ride with you, brother. OTS for life. Dom Wapo, thank you, man. Barry Allen, BG, with a $2 super chat. Like I said, Liv Morgan is winning the Royal Rumble. I don't know if she's winning the Royal Rumble. Nobody can really know that for sure. And Cody Snyder with a $10 super chat. Finally seems like we're free of Vince. Now people are trying to book mania like him. No. Rock Roman Elimination Chamber. Roman Cody Mania. You don't like it? Make like Vince and done and get the fuck out. OTS. Uh, I can't sit here and disagree with you, Cody. I think you are absolutely correct. But we will see. We don't know. Right now, Roman is not advertised for the Elimination Chamber. Anyway, guys, that's that's all I got. That's all we got tonight, man. Slow night, easy night, calm night. If you guys enjoyed the post show, I would really appreciate you show some support by hitting that thumbs up, man. Let me know what you think down below in the comment section. Follow me on social media at JD from NY 206 Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There'll be more of it tomorrow. We're going to continue the daily uploads. As long as there's content, there will be uploads. Also, make sure you guys go check out Magic Minds. Magicmind.com slash J-A-N J-D from N-Y Three month subscription. Go get your three months and get one month free, man. And then use my code JDNY to save an additional 20% off. Thank you guys for a great post show. I will see you right back here with more news right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.